stated that various aspects of the life of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq were being mentioned in relation to his service to humanity and feeding the needy. It is mentioned that even prior to accepting Islam, Hazrat Abu Bakr was counted amongst the best people of the Quraysh. And whenever people face difficulties, they would seek his assistance. In Mecca, he would often host guests and prepare large feasts. During the period of Jahiliyyah, i.e. the era of ignorance, Hazrat Abu Bakr was counted amongst the chiefs and noble individuals of the Quraysh. Even in that society, Hazrat Abu Bakr was considered amongst the noble people of the Quraysh and amongst the best people. With regards to their difficulties and personal matters, people would turn to him. And he held a unique distinction in Mecca when it came to entertaining and being hospitable to guests. It is further written that Hazrat Abu Bakr was extremely kind towards the poor and the needy. And in the winter, he would purchase blankets and distribute them amongst the needy. In one of the narrations, it is mentioned that one year, Hazrat Abu Bakr purchased warm woolen blankets which were brought from the village. And during the winter, these blankets were distributed amongst the widows in Medina. In another narration, it is mentioned that prior to being appointed to the station of Khilafat, Hazrat Abu Bakr used to milk the goats for a family who did not have any guardian. After he became the Khalifa, a young girl from that family said that now you will no longer milk our goats. Upon hearing this, Hazrat Abu Bakr replied that why not? I swear on my life that I will most certainly milk them for you and I believe that the task that I have undertaken will not prevent me from this practice of mine. As such, 
Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala continued to milk their goats as he did before. And when these girls brought their goats to Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala he would most kindly ask them that should I froth the milk or not? And if they asked him to froth it, he would place the utensil a little further away and milk the goats until there was plenty froth. And if they asked him not to froth it, he would place the utensil close to the teats and milk the goats in order to avoid frothing it. Hazrat Abu Bakr rendered this service for a continuous period of six months, that is, six months after his Khilafat. Thereafter, he settled in Medina. Initially, Hazrat Abu Bakr had two homes. One home was a little further outside where he would stay during the time of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. However, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, granted him a plot of land near Masjid Nabwi and near his own home, where Hazrat Abu Bakr built a house as well. Apart from this, he had another house, hence he had two homes in Medina as well. However, during the life of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, he stayed mostly at his home in the outskirts. Following his Khilafat, he settled in Medina. However, until he moved to Medina, he continuously carried out the duty he took upon himself to serve these girls. Hazrat Umar used to take care of an elderly blind woman living in the outskirts of Medina. He would bring her water and do her chores for her as well. On one occasion, when Hazrat Umar went to her house, it became apparent that someone else had visited before him and completed all the tasks for this elderly lady. And so, the next time he went to this elderly woman's house, he went rather early before the other person could reach. And Hazrat Umar sat quietly and saw that it was Hazrat Abu Bakr who would visit her home and it was during the time that he was the Khalifa. Thereupon Hazrat Umar stated that by Allah it could only have been you, that is to say that it is only you who could have excelled me in this virtue. In another narration of Musa bin Ismail who relates that Mutmir related from his father that Abu Usman narrated to them that Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Abi Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhuma told him that the Sufa were extremely poor people and the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him once stated that those who have enough food for two people should take in a third and those who have enough food for four people should take in a fifth or sixth, or something along these lines. That is to say that the people should bring those people to their homes who are sat in poverty and feed them. And so Hazrat Abu Bakr took in three people and the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him took ten people to his home. Hence Hazrat Abu Bakr was at home with three other people. Hazrat Abdul Rahman further states that at home it was myself, my father and my mother. And the narrator states that I do not know if Abdul Rahman also mentioned his wife and his servant who served at both his home and that of Hazrat Abu Bakr It so happened that Hazrat Abu Bakr had dinner at the house of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him and then remained there until he had offered the Isha prayer after which he returned. <laughs> 
He brought the guests home, but then went back to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, to stay and eat there. The narrator further states that Hazrat Abu Bakr stayed there for so long that he had eaten at the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him's home, and came home as late into the night as Allah had willed. His wife asked him what had held him up from being with the guests. In other words, why did he come so late? Upon this, Hazrat Abu Bakr answered, that Did you not give them food? She replied, that they refused to eat until you returned. The guests said that they would not eat until Hazrat Abu Bakr returns. His wife said that I was presenting them with the food, but the guests did not allow me to present it. Hazrat Abdul Rahman further relates that I went and hid lest I be told off by Hazrat Abu Bakr as to why I had not given food to the guests. Hazrat Abu Bakr said, O foolish one, and he also called me extremely lazy. His son, Hazrat Abdul Rahman, is narrating this. Hazrat Abu Bakr then said to the guests that please eat. And Hazrat Abu Bakr swore to Allah that he would not eat anything. Hazrat Abdul Rahman further relates that by Allah, whenever we took a morsel of food, the food beneath would increase to a greater degree. And they ate to the point that they were full and they ended up more food than they began with. They fed the guests and they continued to eat, yet the food remained the same amount or would increase even more until everyone had eaten to their fill. When Hazrat Abu Bakr witnessed that the food was still the same as it was before, rather it had increased even further, he said to his wife that, O sister of Bani Firas, what is this? She replied that, O pleasure of my eyes, this is three times more than before. In other words, the food had increased so much. Hazrat Abu Bakr also ate from it and said that it was only due to Satan in other words, due to his incitement, he swore not to eat. He previously swore not to eat, but when he saw that the food had been blessed, he said that it was only due to Satan that he had made the oath not to eat before and that he would now eat out of this blessed food. And so, Hazrat Abu Bakr then took a morsel of food and took the rest of this food to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And it remained with him until the morning. In other words, the food remained there till the morning. The narrator then continues that there was a pact between us and another tribe, but it had passed the fixed period of time which had been stipulated for it. We sat down twelve people separately, and with each of them were some others. That is to say, there were twelve people making the pact, and with them were some other people as well. And he says that Allah knows best how many people were with each of them. However, there was certainly so many that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, sent those men with their people. In other words, there was a notable amount of people. And Hazrat Abdul Rahman says that they all ate of this food, or something along these lines. Hence, this is how Allah the Almighty once placed so much blessing in the food of Hazrat Abu Bakr Then Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Abi Bakr narrates, that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated 
that is there anyone among you who has fed the poor today? Upon this, Hazrat Abu Bakr answered that I entered the mosque and a beggar asked something from me and I found Abdul Rahman to be holding a piece of bread so I took it from him and gave it to the beggar. So in this way, a beggar asked from him and his son had some bread in his hand and he gave it to the beggar. Hazrat Muslim Maud states that Hazrat Abu Bakr son, Abdul Rahman, was also worthy of Khilafat. And people will say that his disposition was more lenient than that of Hazrat Umar without being any less competent than him and that he should therefore become the Khalifa. However, Hazrat Abu Bakr had already chosen Hazrat Umar to succeed him as the Khalifa despite them having different temperaments. Hence, Hazrat Abu Bakr did not attain any personal gain from Khilafat, rather he was concerned for the betterment of the service to humanity. Hazrat Muslim Allah states that there is a narration of the Sufis, and Allah knows best how accurate it is, that after the demise of Hazrat Abu Bakr Hazrat Umar asked the servant of Hazrat Abu Bakr that what good deeds would your master carry out, so that I too may carry them out? Among all the good deeds he used to carry out, his servant mentioned that one of the virtues of Hazrat Abu Bakr was that every day he would go in a certain direction with some bread and he would have me stand somewhere whilst he went ahead. And I cannot say what the reason was for him going ahead. And so Hazrat Umar then went with the servant in the direction he mentioned whilst carrying some food. Advancing forward, he saw that there was a lame and blind man with no hands or feet sat in a cave. Hazrat Umar placed a morsel of food in the lame man's mouth, but he began to weep and said that may Allah the Almighty have mercy on Abu Bakr, how righteous a person he was. Hazrat Umar asked that old man, how do you know that Abu Bakr has passed away? He replied that I no longer have any teeth, and so Abu Bakr would chew the food and place it in my mouth. Today, the hard morsel of food made me realize that the one feeding me is not Abu Bakr but someone else. Moreover, Abu Bakr would do this without fail. Now, with this change in routine, he most certainly is no longer present in this world. Hazrat Muslim Aud states, what did Hazrat Abu Bakr gain from his leadership? He did not obtain anything from his Khilafat or leadership. Did he deem the state wealth to be his own? Or did he deem government property to be his own property? Of course not. And whatever his relatives received was from his personal property. And his distinguishing factor was indeed the service that he rendered. The Promised Messiah states, there are two parts of the Sharia, the rights owed to Allah and the rights owed to His creation. These are the two aspects, the rights owed to Allah the Almighty and the rights of His creation. The Promised Messiah further states, Observe the extent to which the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, spent his entire life in service. Observe Hazrat Ali who had stitched so many patches on his garment that there was no room for any more. Hazrat Abu Bakr had made it a constant habit to feed sweet dish to an elderly lady. Observe the commitment with which he carried this out. When Hazrat Abu Bakr passed away, 
the elderly lady said that today Abu Bakr has passed away. Her neighbours asked, were you informed through a dream or revelation? She replied, no, he did not bring the sweet dish today, which is how I know he has passed away. Meaning, had he been alive, it would not have been possible that he not bring the sweet dish under any circumstances. Observe the degree to which they served, and this is the manner in which everyone should serve humanity. Then there is a narration about the degree to which he covered the faults of others. Hazrat Abu Bakr states, If I were to catch a thief, my greatest desire would be that God covers his mistake. Then regarding the bravery and courage, it is recorded that Hazrat Abu Bakr embodied courage and bravery. He would face great dangers for the sake of Islam or for his profound love and affection for the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. During his life in Mecca, if ever he perceived any potential threat to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, safety or any difficulty, he would stand like a wall before the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, in order to protect and help him. Then, during Shirbi Abi Talib, when they faced three years of confinement and restriction, he remained steadfastly and devotedly present. And then, during the migration, Hazrat Abu Bakr had the honour of accompanying the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, despite the risk to his life. Not only did Hazrat Abu Bakr participate in every battle, but he undertook the duty of protecting the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. It was in light of his courage and bravery that Hazrat Ali once asked, that, O people, who is the bravest amongst the people? They responded, that, O leader of the believers, it is you. Upon this, Hazrat Ali said, that as far as I am concerned, Anyone who combats me, I will do justice to them, meaning he would defeat them. However, the bravest is Hazrat Abu Bakr On the day of Badr, we erected a tent for the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And then we asked who would stay with the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, to ensure that none of the disbelievers reached him. By Allah, no one went near the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, except for Hazrat Abu Bakr, who stood by the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, brandishing his sword, meaning... No one could reach the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, without first facing Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu. Thus, he is the bravest person. Similarly, when rumours spread during the Battle of Uhud that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, had been martyred, it was Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu who was the first to tear through the crowd and reach the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. It is said that at the time, there were only 11 companions alongside the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, including Hazrat Abu Bakr, Hazrat Saad, Hazrat Talha, Hazrat Zubair and Hazrat Abu Dujana. May Allah be pleased with them all. And during the Battle of Ahad, Hazrat Abu Bakr was among the few devoted companions who stood guard for the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Hazrat Abu Bakr was also alongside the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, during the Battle of the Trench. And during the digging of the trench, he was among those who carried dirt in their shirt and threw it. Then, on the occasion of the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, he was among those who pledged allegiance to offer their life. However, the boldness in faith, devotion, perception, obedience and love which he displayed for the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, exemplified by Hazrat Abu Bakr at the time when the treaty was written, remained unforgotten by Hazrat Umar for the remainder of his life. Hazrat Abu Bakr also took part in the expedition to Taif as well as his son Abdullah bin Abi Bakr. Hazrat Abu Bakr's young son was martyred during this expedition. 
Then, when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, set out with an army of 30,000 for the Battle of Tabuk, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, appointed various generals and granted them flags. And on this occasion, the largest flag was given to Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Hazrat Salama bin Akwa states that I participated in seven battles alongside the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and in nine expeditions which were sent by the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And these expeditions were either commanded by Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu, and at other times by Hazrat Usama bin Zaid radiallahu ta'ala anhu. After the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him's demise, when essentially all of Arabia became apostate, the confidence practically exhibited by Hazrat Abu Bakr stands alone. And this has been extensively mentioned before as well. Hazrat Muslim anhu states, once the disbelievers put a cloth around the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him's neck, and pulled with force. When Hazrat Abu Bakr learned of this, he came running and removed the disbelievers and said, O people, do you not fear God that you hit and beat a person simply because he says his Lord is Allah? He seeks no property from you, thus why do you hurt him? The companions say that in their era, they thought Hazrat Abu Bakr to be the bravest of them all because the enemy thought that if they killed the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then Islam would be finished. And we saw that Hazrat Abu Bakr would always be standing by the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, so that if ever someone attacked him, he would defend him with his body. Hence, when the battle with the disbelievers took place at Badr, the companions consulted with one another and prepared a platform for the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and submitted that, O Messenger of Allah, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, please take a seat on this platform and pray for our victory. We will fight the enemy ourselves. Then they said, O Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, we assure you that though we are sincere, but those residing in Medina are even more sincere and trustworthy than us. The companions further stated that those people did not know that we were about to be at war with the disbelievers, otherwise they too would have joined the battle. They did not know about the Battle of Badr beforehand, otherwise they too would have participated. They stated that, O Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, if, God forbid, we lose this battle, we have tied a fast-running camel near you and we have left Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu on guard with you. We find there to be no one braver or more courageous among us than him. O Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, you should immediately take Abu Bakr on this camel and go to Medina, and from there bring a new army, which is even more sincere and loyal than us, to combat the disbelievers. Hazrat Muslim radiallahu ta'ala anhu states that this incident shows the great level of sacrifice offered by Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Then, on another occasion, Hazrat Muslim anhu states, Once some people asked the companions as to who was the most heroic and brave person during the time of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Just as the Shias and Sunnis asked the question today, 
Even in that era, people would commend whoever they had a relationship with. And so when the companions were asked this question, they responded by saying that the bravest among them was the person who stood by the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. He states that this point can only be understood by someone acquainted with warfare and not others. One who knows about war and its dangers understands the bravery it takes to stand where the most danger lies. Hazrat Muslim radiallahu further states that the enemy seeks to destroy the person who represents the spirit of a country and nation so that the entire dispute ends with their demise. Hence, wherever such a person is situated is where the enemy will attack with full force. In other words, they attack the central point and only such people stand there to protect that central point who is the bravest of them all. Thereafter, the companion stated that Hazrat Abu Bakr was usually standing with the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and we believe that there was no one braver than him. Then, whilst commenting on the second verse of Surah Bani Israel, Hazrat Muslim Ta'ala states at one instance that it is worth noting that Asra bi Abdihi, that is, carried his servant by night, shows that there was someone else carrying the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. In other words, during the spiritual ascension of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And the one being carried had no control. The migration incident took place in the same manner. For the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, left at night, and this was not something he did of his own choice. Rather, he was forced to leave whilst the disbelievers had surrounded his home in order to kill him. Thus, his own interest was not involved, but was compelled by the will of God. In other words, it was Allah the Almighty who carried him, made him leave and told him to migrate. It was because of his design that he was compelled to leave. Hazrat Muslim Ta'ala further states, that just as Jibreel accompanied him in his vision to Baitul Maqdas, he was accompanied by Hazrat Abu Bakr during the migration, and he was subservient to him just as Jibreel works under the command of God Almighty. Jibreel means God Almighty's champion, and Hazrat Abu Bakr was also a special servant of God and was a fearless champion of faith. Hazrat Muslim radiallahu further states, The truth is, after having faith in the word of Allah the Almighty, a human heart cannot give way to despair. When one has complete faith in Allah the Almighty, then their heart can never fall to despair. The circumstances, for instance, the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him faced in the cave of Sur, were so dire that they left no ray of hope in sight. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, departed from his home in the darkness of the night and hid inside the cave of Sur, a cave whose opening was so wide that anyone could easily peer inside or enter it. He was only accompanied by a single companion and both of them were without any weapons or power. The people of Mecca, ready and armed, pursued the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and arrived at the cave of Sur. Some of them even insisted that they should crouch down and peer inside to see if the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was inside. 
and if so, they would capture him. Upon seeing the enemy in such close proximity, Hazrat Abu Bakr cried out and said, O Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, the enemy is upon us. With strong resolve, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, replied, La tahzan, inna allaha ma'ana, that, O Abu Bakr, why do you fear? For God is with us. At that moment, imagine how grave and worrisome the circumstances were for the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And after such an ordeal, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, would have surely been killed or imprisoned. However, despite the fact that the enemy possessed strength, soldiers and weapons, and the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, himself was sitting in the cave unarmed and only had the support of one single companion, he had no weapons nor the support of the authorities or any troops. And despite seeing the large forces of the enemy before him, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated, La tahzan, inna allaha ma'ana, that do not fear, for surely Allah is with us. Why do you say that the enemy is powerful? Is the enemy even more powerful than God? When God is with us, what reason do we have to be fearful? Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala's concern was not for himself, but for the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Hazrat Muslim radiallahu ta'ala further states that some Shia relate this incident and claim that God forbid Abu Bakr had no faith and became fearful of death. How can that be, considering history clearly shows that when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said, La tahzan inna allaha ma'ana, that do not fear for surely Allah is with us, Hazrat Abu Bakr replied by saying that, O Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, I do not fear for my own life. For if I am killed, it will be the death of one man. In truth, I fear for your well-being, because if you are harmed, the truth will be lost from this world. Then, at another instance, Hazrat Muslimaud states that this quality is not limited only to prophets, but apart from them you will find others throughout time who have accomplished feats that could not be expected from others. Hazrat Abu Bakr is a prime example of this. No one could have expected that a time would come when Hazrat Abu Bakr would become the leader of his people. It was a common view that he was soft-natured, peace-loving and tender-hearted. Take the wars that occurred at the time of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, never appointed Hazrat Abu Bakr as an army commander in any major battle. Indeed, there were smaller expeditions for which he was appointed as the leader. But in the major battles, it was always others who were appointed as the commanders. Similarly, he was neither given charge for other tasks. The leadership of tasks such as the teaching of the Holy Qur'an or matters of adjudication was also not given to Hazrat Abu Bakr However, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, knew that when the time for Abu Bakr would come, he would accomplish such feats that could not be accomplished by anyone else besides him. Thus, when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, passed away, and the Muslims fell into discord about who would become the Khalifa, at that time even Hazrat Abu Bakr could not fathom that it would be him. He thought that Hazrat Umar was truly rightful for discharging this responsibility. 
The Ansar became impassioned and desired for Khilafat to emerge from within them because they thought that they were the ones who made sacrifices for Islam and Khilafat was rightfully theirs. On the other hand, the Muhajireen insisted that the Khalifa be from among them. Thus, a dispute arose following the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. The Ansar stated that the Khalifa should be from among them and the Muhajireen stated that the Khalifa should be from among them. Finally, the Ansar settled the dispute by proposing that there should be one Khalifa from the Muhajireen and one Khalifa from the Ansar. And to finally resolve this dispute, a meeting was called. Hazrat Umar states that at the time I thought that although Hazrat Abu Bakr is a pious and righteous elder, he would not be able to resolve this matter. It was too difficult a task for him. And if anyone could resolve this dispute, then it was me. This task required firmness and not love and compassion. This is what was said by Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And Hazrat Abu Bakr was compassionate and loving. Therefore, Hazrat Umar said that I began to think hard to come up with arguments in favour of the Khalifa to be from among the Quraysh. And the idea of having one Khalifa from the Ansar and another from the Muhajireen was completely wrong. Hazrat Umar further states that I thought of many arguments and went to attend the meeting which was being held to resolve this dispute. Hazrat Abu Bakr was also with me and I desired to deliver a speech and present the arguments I had come up with in order to convince the people. I thought that Hazrat Abu Bakr did not possess the grandeur and influence to speak in such a gathering. Hazrat Umar says that however just as I was about to stand, Hazrat Abu Bakr hit me with his hand assertively and told me to be seated and stood up himself to speak. Hazrat Umar further states that by God, Every argument that I had thought of was presented by Hazrat Abu Bakr and even beyond that, and he continued to present other arguments as well. He went on up until the point where the Ansar were convinced and they accepted the principle of having a Khalifa from the Muhajireen. This was the same Abu Bakr about whom Hazrat Umar himself had said that once during a quarrel in the market, he tore Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu's clothes and was on the verge of hitting him. This is the same Abu Bakr about whom the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, would say that his heart is very soft. However, when the time for the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, came near, he said to Hazrat Aisha ta'ala anha before he passed away, that I have this constant urge in my heart to tell the people that they should accept Abu Bakr as the Khalifa after my demise. However, I stop myself because my heart is certain that after my demise, Allah the Almighty and his believing servants will not appoint anyone other than Abu Bakr as the Khalifa. And thus, it so happened that Hazrat Abu Bakr was elected as the Khalifa. He possessed a very soft heart and soft nature, so much so that once Hazrat Umar approached him in the marketplace to hit him and tore his clothes. Nevertheless, it was the same exceptionally kind Abu Bakr that when Hazrat Umar came to him 
and requested that the entire Arabia had taken up our position to the extent that congregational prayers only being offered in Makkah, Medina and a small village and the rest of the people do offer prayer but the division that has taken root within them prevents them from praying behind the lead of one another and dissension has plagued them to the extent that they do not pay heed to anyone. The ignorant people among the Arabs who had accepted Islam five to six months ago are demanding that they be exempted from paying the zakat. These people do not understand the philosophy of zakat. Hazrat Umar continued that if they are exempted from paying the zakat for a year or two, what is the harm? The same Umar, who always stood ready with his sword in hand and upon the smallest of matters, used to say that, O Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, give the command and I will sever their heads. That very Umar was overcome by these people. He was so overcome and frightened that he came to Abu Bakr to request that these ignorant people should be granted exemption from paying zakat for some time and that they would gradually be made to understand. Yet, Abu Bakr, the exceedingly soft-hearted, about whom Hazrat Umar says that he was prepared to hit him and even tore his clothes in the market, that same Abu Bakr looked very sternly towards Umar in that moment when he said this, that is, when Hazrat Umar said that the rebellious people should not be harmed and that they should not have to pay zakat for two years, after which they would be taught. Hazrat Abu Bakr said that, O Umar, you are asking for such a thing that was not brought up by God or his messenger, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Hazrat Umar replied that you are correct. However, these people are Hadithul Ahad. The enemy forces have reached the walls of Medina. Would it be suitable to allow them to advance? causing this place to become divided in leadership? Or would it be more suitable to grant them exemption from paying the zakat for a year or two? In other words, there are two outcomes. Either the government will become divided or there will be recon- reconciliation. As Abu Bakr responded that by God, even if the enemy is able to infiltrate Medina and slaughter the Muslims in its streets and the corpses of our women are dragged about by dogs, even then I will not exempt them from paying the zakat. By God, even if these people gave as little as a piece of rope as their zakat in the time of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then I will surely collect that from them. Hazrat Abu Bakr then further said, that, O Umar, if you are fearful, then by all means you can go. I will fight against them alone, and I will not stop until they desist from their treachery. Thus a battle ensued, and Hazrat Abu Bakr was victorious. And before his own demise, he rallied all of Arabia under his leadership. What Hazrat Abu Bakr accomplished in his life was his alone to achieve, and no one besides him could have done so. Hazrat Muslim Aud further states that the chieftains of Makkah were regarded with such honour and reverence that people would be scared to speak in their presence. The people were so indebted to them that no one dared to look up at them. The respect that they enjoyed can be gauged by what took place at the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. The chieftain who was sent by the Quraysh to speak to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, touched the blessed beard of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, during their conversation. Upon witnessing this, 
The companion of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, struck his hand with the sheath of his sword and stated that do not touch the blessed beard of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, with your impure hands. The chieftain looked up to see who it was that hit his hands with the sheath of his sword. Because the companions were dressed in armour, only their eyes and the bags under their eyes were visible. And so this chieftain stared intently for a while and then inquired that are you so-and-so? The companion replied in the affirmative. The chieftain then replied, but do you not remember that on such and such occasion I saved your family from such and such calamity and on such and such occasion I granted you such a favour? So do you dare speak before me? Hazrat Muslim radiallahu states that today we can observe that the tendency to disregard the favours of others has become so prevalent that if a person grants another a favour in the evening, the recipient has forgotten all about it by the morning. And such a person exclaims that shall I be indebted to him my whole life? So what if he has conferred a favour upon me? They cannot even appreciate the favour conferred upon them for even one night, let alone being indebted to someone for the rest of their life. However, the quality of acknowledging one's favour was found in the highest degree amongst the Arabs. Hence, this was a very sensitive moment in time, and as soon as he began to recount his favours, the companion lowered his gaze and felt embarrassed and moved back. Such was the degree of them recognising and acknowledging the favours conferred upon them. Thereafter, this individual again began to speak to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and said that I am the father of the Arabs and I request you to please take into consideration the honour of your tribe. Those who are around you are such that as soon as a trial befalls you, they will immediately run away and in the end it will only be the people of your tribe who will come to your support. Thus, why do you seek to humiliate your tribe? I am the father of the Arabs. This person would continuously repeat that he was the father of the Arabs and that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, should listen to him and do as he had said and return without performing the Umrah. While saying this, he again touched the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him's blessed bed, in order to emphasize his point and did this as a way of an earnest request and so that he could convince the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. However, this also had an element of disrespect and so the companions could not bear to witness this. And so as soon as he touched the beard of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, another person forcefully slapped his hand and said that do not touch the blessed beard of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, with your impure hands. The man once again raised his glance and looked carefully to see who had stopped him. And upon recognising who it was, he looked down. This individual, who had come as a representative of the disbelievers, when he recognised that it was Abu Bakr anhu, he lowered his gaze and said that Abu Bakr, I am aware that you are such an individual that neither have you conferred a favour upon me and nor have I conferred a favour upon you. Thus, this tribe had conferred so many favours upon others that apart from Hazrat Abu Bakr, all the Ansar and Muhajireen were in some way or another indebted to this chief. And apart from Hazrat Abu Bakr, no one else had the courage to stop him. Hazrat Abu Bakr was the only one who was not indebted to him for any of his favours. Then, in another place, Hazrat Muslim Ta'ala states that zakat is such an important obligation that if one fails to give it, they are expelled from the fold of Islam. 
and after the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, some people refused to give the zakat and stated that the following commandment that this was a command given to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And so if he was no longer alive, then no one else had the right to take this. Those ignorant people failed to realize that the person who would continue to take the zakat would be a successor of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. However, out of their ignorance, they stated that they would not give the zakat. On the one hand, people refused to give zakat, and on the other hand, disorder broke out. Almost the entire Arab land had become apostates, and many claimants to prophethood emerged. It seemed as if, God forbid, Islam was about to be destroyed. In such precarious times, the companions suggested to Hazrat Abu Bakr that he ought to show leniency for some time to those who had refused to pay the zakat. Hazrat Umar, who was known to be extremely brave, stated that no matter how brave I am, I am not as brave as Abu Bakr, because I also said at the time that we should show leniency and focus first on subduing the disbelievers and then we could resolve the matter of zakat. However, Hazrat Abu Bakr stated that what authority does the son of Abu Quhafa possess to change a commandment which the Messenger of Allah had given, peace be upon him. I shall continue to fight against these people until they give the full amount in zakat. And if in the time of the Messenger of Allah these people gave in zakat even a rope with which they tied the legs of their camels with, I shall take that from them as well. It was at this moment that the companions realized the courage and bravery possessed by the Khalifa who has been appointed by God. In the end, Hazrat Abu Bakr overcame the rebels and took the zakat from them. In relation to Hazrat Abu Bakr's financial sacrifices, it has been mentioned by one of the authors that when Hazrat Abu Bakr accepted Islam, he had 40,000 dirhams and the wealth and assets from his trade business was on top of that. In fact, according to another narration, he had 1 million dirham. And in order to help the Muslims and to look after the poor Muslims of Mecca, Hazrat Abu Bakr spent thousands of dirhams. At the time of migration, he had five to six thousand dirhams with him. And according to another narration, he saved all of this in order to spend it for the needs of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And he brought this amount with him to Medina at the time of migration. It was from this amount that he spent to cover the expenses during their travel for the migration. And he also gave money to some of the members of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him's family, for the purpose of their travel. He also used this to purchase land in Medina for the Muslims as well. Hazrat ibn Abbas relates that in the days of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him's final illness, after which he passed away, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, came outside and he had a cloth tied around his head. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then stood on the pulpit and praised Allah the Almighty and stated that there is no one amongst the people who has extended their kind treatment towards me with their life and wealth, as much as Abu Bakr bin Kuhafa has done. Hazrat Abu Huraira relates that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated, No other wealth has benefited me as much than the wealth of Abu Bakr. The narrator states that upon hearing this, Hazrat Abu Bakr began to cry and submitted, O Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, me and my entire wealth are solely for you, O Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. Hazrat Muslim Ma'ud states, Once on the occasion of jihad, Hazrat Umar stated that I thought to myself that Hazrat Abu Bakr always surpasses me 
and so today I will surpass him. With this thought, I returned home and brought half of my wealth in order to present it before the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. That period of time was one of great trials for Islam. However, Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala brought his entire wealth. In another place, Hazrat Muslim ta'ala stated that Hazrat Abu Bakr brought all his wealth, including his quilt and bed. In any case, Hazrat Umar further states, Hazrat Abu Bakr presented all of this before the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, inquired, Abu Bakr, what have you left in your home? And he replied, Allah and his messenger, peace be upon him. Hazrat Umar states that upon hearing this, I felt greatly ashamed and understood that despite exerting all my efforts in order to surpass Abu Bakr, however, even today, Abu Bakr excelled me. Hazrat Muslim ta'ala states, It is possible that one may ask that if Hazrat Abu Bakr brought all his wealth, then what did he leave behind for his family members? In regards to this, one ought to remember that he brought all his possessions from the home, but not the wealth that was invested in his trade business, and nor did he sell his house. In fact, he brought all his household items and possessions. Hazrat Muslim ta'ala further states, that from this incident, two qualities of Hazrat Abu Bakr stand out. Firstly, he had excelled everyone in sacrifice. And secondly, despite bringing all his wealth, he was the first to arrive. Those who gave less were still pondering over how much they were to leave behind and how much to bring with them. But despite this, it is not mentioned anywhere that Hazrat Abu Bakr ever complained about others. Although he brought all his wealth, he did not criticize others for not bringing as much as he had brought. In fact, having offered this sacrifice, Hazrat Abu Bakr knew that he was a devotee of God's faith and he had not done any favor on Allah the Almighty. Rather, it was a blessing of Allah the Almighty that he enabled him to do this. Hazrat Muslim ta'ala states in relation to this that those who offer financial sacrifices should only focus on themselves and they should not act like the hypocrites who either do not give any contribution and even if they do give very little, they complain about others who have given less. The Promised Messiah states that the companions were a pious community for whom the Qur'an is full of praise. Are you like them? God says that the people who will accompany the Promised Messiah would stand shoulder to shoulder with the companions. The companions were those who sacrificed their wealth and homeland in the way of truth. They abandoned everything. Most would have heard the incident of Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him. On one occasion when people were instructed to sacrifice their wealth in the way of God, he brought all the possessions he owned at home. When the noble messenger, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, inquired of him as to what he had left at home, he replied, I have left God and his messenger at home. Hazrat Abu Bakr was a chief of Makkah who led an ascetic life and wore the most simple clothes. So the companions may be considered as ones who were martyrs in the cause of Allah. For them it was decreed that paradise lay beneath the shadow of swords. The promised Messiah then states, Consider the state of the companions. When faced with trying times, they sacrificed whatever they had in the way of Allah the Almighty. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was the first to don the garb of poverty. In other words, he brought everything he owned and only had a blanket over him. But how did Allah the Exalted reward him for this? It was he who became the very first Khalifa 
Therefore, in order to be blessed with true merit, goodness and spiritual pleasure, only that wealth can be of use. In short, this is their real merit, in other words, to do something first. The Promised Messiah states, Therefore, in order to be blessed with true merit, goodness and spiritual pleasure, only that wealth can be of use which is spent in the way of God. Inshallah, the